Couch GM Podcast. My name is Ryan Parker, and I'm joined, as always, by Matt Chamberlain. How you doing, Matt? I'm well-rested. been watching basketball and football all day. Mm. You know, I'm just in the middle of it. In the middle of the sports season, I'm loving it. Yeah, it's uh, coming up. We're like, as of this recording, four days away from our Christmas basketball game slate. Mm-hmm. Really excited about that. We'll touch on that later. Um, but NFL season's winding down playoffs are right around the corner your patriots just clinched a there playoff is. spot the east the east yep um locking it down for like what is that like 400 straight years oh god no again most lopsided question <laughs> on the sports who's winning the afc east you already know new england um anyways let's talk about basketball matt and i before we do that let me remind you to follow us on twitter and on Instagram, and you can also find us, if you haven't already, on Apple Podcasts, uh, Spotify, Google Play, and Stitcher. We greatly appreciate your subscription, uh, follow, like, whatever your platform is. Um, we would love you to follow us uh, and give us that rating as well. Quick recap of episode 57, if you missed it. We talked about Luka Doncic magic. Rockets protesting the league. I forgot that happened until just now, and that makes me laugh all over again. Knicks and Cavs have some uh, coaching issues. Like, the Knicks don't have a coach. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, the Lakers and Bucks. We talked a lot about them, how they're just dominating. They had a really fun game the other night, too. Man, that was. That was really cool. Uh, Giannis just going crazy. Jacking threes and making them. Yeah, that it's just it's something different up there. Um, he's something different. That I mean, like you have to think like he's he like if James Harden's unguardable, like what does that make Giannis? Just like ten times unguardable. Yeah, it, it's like we've been saying, Ryan. If LSU can get a quarterback, <laughs> they're a real team. If if Giannis can get a jump shot, the league should just shut it down. Like. There are just some things you just know, like they, that one thing happens, and it's done, and that that thing has happened in both of those respects. God, if I, I'm just so excited for what the Bucks are going to do to the rest of the league this year, because it's not going to be nice. Nope, not at all. Um, yeah, for all those Eastern Conference top teams, um, that's going to get matched up with them in the first or second round. Just sucks to be you just like host your two two games in that series yep. and just cut, wrap it wrap it up after that because it ain't it ain't coming back it's not it's not happening not happening coach all right what did we miss in the news matt so over the last couple of weeks um quite a few injuries we'll get to um but before that um john morant is gonna be tried for attempted murder on kevin love um <laughs> Because he just tried to destroy that man last night. Um, just not that anyone was watching Gr- uh, Grizzlies Cavs, but we all saw the uh, attempted poster that John Morant tried to put on Kevin Love. Put some respect on the name. It's Rookie of the Year candidate John Morant. Rookie of the Year, John just Morant. Rookie of the Year. <laughs> um, yeah, that that's just crazy. Um, what he was trying to do, and the fact that like. He's done it multiple times to people this year already while still putting up like 10 assist games and dude's just unbelievable. He's so much fun to watch. I'm glad he's in Memphis because Memphis needs that kind of a spark. Not that Gasol and all them like weren't, you know, good with Memphis, but like there wasn't this level of hype around 
one of those Memphis teams over the last 10 years, like the kind of hype that's coming with Jaw and will be coming over the next several years. Um, so I'm glad that uh, he's back, he's getting healthier, and that he is uh, trying to murder individuals on the basketball court. Uh <laughs> Season changes um, that we talked about a, a couple episodes ago um, have been officially proposed to teams. The 78-game season, the mid-season tournament, um, the play-in uh, games for the 7-8 seeds, like MLB style, and then the uh, reseeding of the final four um, from the East and West um, have been proposed to teams. We'll see if any of them go through. They they mentioned, or it's been reported, um, the incentives for the mid-season tournament is like, a million dollars to each player. Um, you and I talked about that, though. Is that really enough? Is any is Giannis going to go to the owner of the Bucks and be like, "Yeah, a million dollars. That's going to make me play in those games because I just had my new shoe and that's like making me probably ten million dollars." Oh, that and the supermax contract that I'm getting paid. Yeah. So, like, again, I don't. We we talk about these are all steps in the right direction, but I don't know if any of them will pass uh we'll see we'll see but they've uh, officially been passed along for teams to to start thinking about for real and voting on uh just because we love nba twitter <laughs> kevin o'connor of the ringer um burned down the entire city of of uh, philadelphia the other day with one tweet um comparing ben simmons um offensive game to a uh, a combination of Jaleel Okafor and Michael Carter Williams, <laughs> and just murdered the entire state. As much as Jaw tried to kill Kevin Love, Kevin O'Connor just just yammed just it all over. just wiped the entire uh, Pennsylvania state off of the map. So here's what here's the full tweet, and it needs to be read. Sad to see Ben Simmons turn into Jaleel Okafor, crossed with Michael Carter Williams in the fourth quarter. <laughs> I think it's bonus points for the fact that he referenced two former 76er players. Yeah. Uh, former top 10 picks, process guys. Sixers fans should be furious about his lack of offensive development. Simmons is still a cowardly shooter, a half-court liability, and a detriment to Philly's playoff odds. Merry Christmas. <laughs> Just went for the throat in mid-December, and I love it. Paint the snow red, Kevin O'Connor. <laughs> I honestly don't know if I disagree with him, though. Like, that's saying the point of the tweet is spot on. Like it, it's yep. the same things you and I have been talking about. How a lot of different NBA Twitter individuals have been talking about. Like the league's been talking about. If this dude can't shoot threes, he can't do anything in the half court besides dunk and just power drive what is he because he's not as good as Giannis Mm -mm. he's you know I he feels more like DeMar DeRozan it but DeMar at least has a mid-range jumper I don't like he feels like a center and we and we crap on DeMar all the time yeah he feels like a center and like especially paired with Joel Embiid like this has been hashed we've rehashed this so many times but it feels like Philadelphia is starting to come to a breaking point with this this pair and i think that's something to watch going into the season and into the playoffs for sure and i know we're still like super early in the year like we're only about 30 games in um for these teams but philly 21 and 10 that sounds awesome that's sixth in the east 
right now. Um, Toronto will probably have a fall off for reasons we'll mention here in a minute. But all right, cool. You got to play one of Milwaukee, Boston, Miami, Toronto, Indiana in the first round. I don't know if they could beat Miami. Yeah, I, I don't either. They're definitely not getting Milwaukee, um, but Milwaukee will probably stay at the one, so they don't have to play them. But between Boston, Miami, I don't know if I'd pick Philly, and that they would have to draw Toronto or Indiana or Brooklyn to make me feel confident about picking Philly. But like, I I wouldn't be a hundred percent confident either. So it, it does make you wonder. I mean, you can't have all that talent and not feel as good as. 100% against any of those teams. Yeah. So, um, good point. And we'll continue to watch it, continue to talk about it, and uh, continue to have people get mad at us about it. <laughs> so, a uh, couple other um, news bits. Um, there's a, apparently, you know, NBA has been trying to get uh, basketball south of the border, um, hosting games in Mexico City, um, like Luca and the Mavericks taking on Detroit. Um, hola. Uh, and, they're apparently putting a G League team down there, so that's kind of cool. I love, personally, I love the idea of expanding the G League, making sure every team has a like a designated minor league franchise. Um, so I love the idea of expanding the G League Mexico City. Cool, sure. If we can go north of the border, we can go south of the border too. Um, I hope it works. And uh, a couple last bits. I'm on Shumpert. It was released by the Nets. Um, I didn't really see a reason why. Um, they like, tried really... to make they tried to make the I think money work, but then they had like too many roster spots. Yeah, and they probably needed to dump a guy, and uh, I wouldn't be surprised if his contract was non guaranteed. So let him go. Um, and I remember him tweeting though, like there's no hard feelings. Like he was fine. He didn't mind. Um, he can go sign with someone else. It'll be good. And like he can be a useful, you know, last rotation guy. He should for sign some with someone else. He was good yeah. with the Nets. Yeah. Um, Unfortunately for the Nets, then like a handful of days later, David Nwaba, who's like a Mon Shumpert light, like same build and everything, um, tore his Achilles. So Nets might, might want to see if they can bring him back, but I don't know if there's some league rule saying they can't. Um, so that's unfortunate, but um, a bit of news there. And uh, last thing before we get to the injuries, James Wiseman, a uh, top 10, projected top 10 pick in the upcoming draft. Some people have him top five, even number one um, on my big 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 board um he's he's top 10 but he he's leaving the university of memphis um he's withdrawing from the school and just gonna prepare for the nba on his own um own trainers and everything instead of trying to come back um and deal with some uh, ncaa bs so uh, here's here's i i will just give my take on this real quick if i'm a top 10 pick why do i even bother with like college basketball well. at this point if if because he came into the year as like the potential number one pick, definitely like top five on most people's boards, um, and I don't. I said this to you at the beginning of the year. I don't know what he's gonna do at Memphis that's really gonna make people be like, yes, you're for sure the number one pick. Besides, like, just being Shaq, and I didn't. That's just not his game, and what his game probably is most gonna be predicated on at the NBA level is gonna be like being a really stout defender almost a Rudy Gobert type. And I'm like, college isn't going to show that off. Yeah. No offense to Penny Hardaway. He's not going to show that off. Um, James Wiseman needed to rein in the offense a little bit. Like what exactly he needed to work on. That wasn't going to happen at Memphis. 
so like there was nothing good for him specifically really by going to memphis in my opinion i said at the beginning of the year still believe that now obviously he believes it too because he's withdrawing um <laughs> so i'm not gonna say i was right but i was right um <laughs> but like you're right in general it's like for a lot of those guys like what is the ncaa going to do for them and you know we are seeing Lamelo go overseas rj hampton go overseas i mean Cole anthony at north carolina is now hurt um not getting paid so like why even bother going overseas like, I get you're still going to play, get film and all that stuff. But yeah. if people are saying, coming into whatever school, a this guy could be projected number one overall pick. Yeah. Like, why just say, ah, I think I'll just... Well, Lamella was a little different. I don't know if he was, like, a consensus top 10 guy. That's true. Like, for me, I had him more in the 10 to 15 range in my mind to start. Um, but I, I get why he did RJ Hampton, same thing. But, like... There are some guys that it really does help them, but then for the cream of the crop, the Anthony Edwardses, the Cole Anthony's of the world, the you know James Wiseman types, it's kind of like there's nothing that's going to happen at your respective school that's going to elevate you to like a first year number one pick. You either you either are or you're like a top ten guy, and again. Probably playing, the only thing that happens is you get knocked down a little bit. I think that's happened with Wiseman. Is he's being knocked down a little bit still. Um, and now this, like, leaving the school kind of almost questions, like, does he have the motor? Does yeah. he have the work ethic? Which, that was one of my questions at the beginning of the year, too. But <laughs> um, it just makes it look even worse. Yeah. So that gets into a whole different debate that we could spend an hour on, but we shouldn't. Because um, I care more about the NBA right now. Because college basketball is not fun till March, even though I sat and watched the Kentucky Ohio State game today. <laughs> I was trying to get some film on a uh, Khalil Whitney, my number seventy guy on my draft board. <laughs> um, injuries, real quick before we get to uh, the main parts of our our pod, um, we don't need to talk about Khalil Whitney and his lack of an offensive game. Um, Luca uh, set to miss a, a few weeks with an ankle sprain. Um, yeah, that sucks. Um, Mavericks still winning games though against the Bucks and, and other teams. So that's cool. Uh, Toronto, the entire city is hurt. Um, Pascal, groin injury. Gasol, uh, hamstring. Norm Powell, shoulder. Kyle Lowry's been dealing with stuff all year. Um, but those three guys that I just mentioned, uh, Siakam, Gasol, Powell, all listed as out indefinitely with their various injuries. So although Toronto's built, themso- built themselves a nice little cushion um, at 20 and 8 at the time of this recording, could see a little free fall here. But at the same time, just let Fred Van Fleet just throw the team on his back again. Um, <laughs> the real finals MVP. <laughs> shout out Hubie Brown. Um, <laughs> forever shout out Hubie Brown. Uh, Mike Conley can miss a, a few weeks with a re-aggravated hamstring injury. Um, Utah struggling with him. I can't imagine going too much better without him. So um, him coming back and playing well would be nice. Eric Bledsoe, he's missed uh, the last couple weeks with a slight fracture in his right fibula. They were hoping for Christmas to kind of be his return um we'll we'll see i i don't feel like this is something you should try and rush though i don't know fractured right fibula just doesn't sound good in in my limited medical knowledge (laughs) yeah it's bad it's not good less than great um pj washington has a fractured finger um for the charlotte hornets he elected um recently just to have surgery on it the again the original return date for him was around christmas time but with having surgery um could change that really funny story about how that happened 
uh, he said in an interview is like when they were playing like Chicago, it's like a game that doesn't matter because it's Chicago and Charlotte and like <laughs> got called for like a five second violation or something like that. And like Miles Bridges like threw the ball at him and like he didn't catch it and like broke his finger. <laughs> so just hilarious there. Um, it's the most Charlotte Hornet story. I know, right? Ever. Um, and then last one, Rui Hachimura, another rookie, uh, missing a few games with a groin injury. Hopefully not too many, but again, Washington don't feel they need to rush this guy back. Cause what are you talking wh- about? They're like, what, like 6 and 20 or whatever they are? <laughs> 8 and 20. <laughs> God. Um, the fact that they're only like three and a half games out of the playoffs is hilarious in the East. Um, shout out Davis Bertons carrying that team. Uh, <laughs> so let's get to uh, some main topics, Ryan. We'll, we'll get into trade season now that December 15th has, mm. has come around. All those guys who signed in the offseason now uh, are, for the most part, eligible to be traded um, like half the league like 119 can, players or something like we that. we can really start making magic happen on the train machine i'm this is like why this podcast was created to, <laughs> for these crazy trade machine things but we we do have some logic you know in in moments woven into these trades yeah so uh we'll we'll try to explain why we're we're throwing out some of these ideas um it's not just because we love certain players and we want better for them, but that's that's a good portion of it too. Um, I'll, I'll start us off here. Nice. Um, so we'll each give a trade for this guy because this is the guy we love. Um, mm. This is a Drew Holiday friendly podcast, so let's get him <laughs> out of New Orleans, please. I'm saying get this dude to Dallas. Yes. Um, one. This is that's this, fun because this is a Luca friendly podcast, and I would love to see a Drew Holiday Luca Doncic uh, pairing. So I'm saying let's trade a holiday to Dallas for Courtney Lee because mm-hmm. we need salary to make this work. Um, Drew's on a pretty decent sized deal. Courtney Lee is uh, is about like 12 million for Dallas right now, so that's a, a good salary filler. Delon Wright also about nine million dollars. He's now eligible to be traded um, since he had signed in the off season, and uh, they'll have to attach probably a, a couple first. Something like 2020, 2024 um, picks, because I don't feel like New Orleans is super motivate, motivated to move off of Drew. You yeah. kind of have to convince them. Obviously, Courtney Lee's not going to convince them, but DeLon Wright's the type of point guard they seem to like um, between Lonzo, Drew. So, bringing another guy, similar skill set, a defensive oriented guy um, that could play next to Ingram and Zion when he finally comes back, um, doesn't need shots but can make a few if you're in spot-up three situations. Courtney Lee, for this year, can get a nice nice floor spacer yeah. um, when you do play him. And you get a couple first, um, one in the near future, because Dallas still has their 2020, and then one out in the uh, future in 2024. I feel like New Orleans would actually kind of like that, having one now and one later. Dallas has some draft pick issues because of the Knicks' Kristaps trade. Um, but I imagine the 2023 that they have sending that they're sending to the Knicks will convey in that year because I don't think Dallas will be a top 10 team um, in terms of the lottery mm. in 2023. So 2024 should be available to trade. Um, you just write that in as first available first round pick after the Knicks deal conveys. So 2024. And so New Orleans has a, a pick coming in now, a pick coming in later, and uh, a couple guys that 
could be a little useful now, but DeLon Wright, at the very least, is a good bench piece on a $9 million salary moving forward. Yeah. Fits. Yeah. I mean, like, I think at this point, Drew Holiday should one out of New Orleans. Orleans. He's kind of done his bit there, um, and he's given a lot to that that city and that team. Yeah. Um, it's just kind of unfortunate that this team wasn't really what we thought it was. And part of me is like, you know, New Orleans, again, like I mentioned, probably not super motivated to move him because they really haven't got to see the Holiday Zion pairing yet, and then along with Brandon Ingram. Like they, they probably want to see how that trio looks, but if Dallas can throw out a, a nice offer, um, and this season's just going in all the wrong directions yeah. for New Orleans, be like, okay, let's just get the get the ping pong balls this year, get more draft picks. DeLon Wright's a guy that's useful and can be can be helpful, and Courtney Lee's coming off the books, so they can you know start getting out of the salary cap issues they feel like they're always in for nothing. Um, I feel like that's just a, a generally good philosophy for a team that's a couple years away. And this kind of gets into the Zion um, idea of you don't have to be great from day one. Yeah. Like, we don't need to do this Anthony Davis thing all over again where we go get unnecessary veterans on big contracts because we think that's, like, the right thing to do to win right away. Maybe you just try and build a good team and a good franchise um, the right way and uh, try that approach. Then on the Dallas side, okay, we have Luca, we have Kristaps. Let's add Drew Holiday to this mix. Drew Holiday is never going to be a number one on championship team. Right. Drew Holiday could probably be a number two, yeah. but Drew Holiday is like a two B on, on this team behind Luca, still behind Kristaps. He'll take his shots when they're there. He's not going to force it. He's not going to get in the way of those guys offensively. He'll just pass him the ball and be a good floor spacer. Make can his, defend. Yeah, and then that's the most important part is he can defend. Whatever guy they need to, you know, locked down, Drew Holiday, one, I mean, one through three, can go lock down anybody in the league. Um, so I think that would be really useful for this team is they don't have to worry about if Luka's the quote-unquote point guard. Yeah. That's fine. Drew Holiday is the other guard, and whatever the better of guards is, yeah, Holiday can guard him, and then the second best, Luca or whoever the three is, Dorian Finney-Smith, Seth Curry, whatever, that guy can guard him. And Luca can kind of just guard the worst of the wings, whatever, whatever you want to call these players nowadays on the perimeter. Luca can guard the worst of them. And Drew yeah. Holiday can for sure lock down the same idea you had for DeLon Wright, but better, you know, better shooter. I mean, you're paying him more, but that's the idea is you're getting such an upgrade. Um, and then Drew Holiday, a guy that's been there, been around the block, been in the league, really hungry to win. He's been in the league for a while now. This is the type of dude you want to surround Luca and Kristaps with, just good vets who will do whatever it takes to win, including play defense, and still give you good offense. And I think that's something Dallas just really needs is that type of a guy. They made DeLon Wright look good. And <laughs> I'm not saying DeLon Wright doesn't belong in the NBA. He does. But like... Okay, just imagine that with Drew Holiday now, though. Yeah. Rick that, Carlisle would have to love this guy. That lineup would be super fun of Drew Holiday, uh, Tim Hardaway Jr., yeah. Luca, I guess Dwight Powell, whoever you want to yeah. put in at the four, and then Kristaps. Yeah, Kleber, Powell, Dorian Finney-Smith. Whoever you Whatever, want. and that's the thing. And you have just that flexibility. You can play Hardaway Jr., you can play Seth Curry. You can play Jalen Brunson, and it's fine because Drew Holiday is still going to be able to take just whoever the best of those guys is um, on the other team and just take them away. 
So like that's just the awesome idea of this trade is it gives you probably more offensive versatility because mm. you can play your better offensive players yeah. and not worry about the defensive side of the ball so much. And Drew Holiday can still contribute on offense with everybody. He can be a good ball handler in crunch time, good decision maker. At Dallas is probably just crazy enough to do this type of a move. And if as long as Cuban's ready to throw in the picks, I think this deal could get done. Just will New Orleans say like we're ready to give up on the Ingram Williamson holiday trio? Yeah, that's gonna be the interesting thing. And I think like Cuban is always in that win now mode and just doesn't. Like, oh, Cuban will pull the trigger on this trade in a minute. Like it's if, New Orleans. In the way that Luca has played this wheel th- this year, you feel like he's just accelerated their timeline a little bit. Um, yeah, and maybe that's just the same with going out and getting Kristaps too. But interesting. Kristaps, Kristaps starting to figure it out the last five or so games too. Yeah, I mean, when you don't play for almost two years, you gotta kind of yeah feel it out. And now he's just you know jacking it from the logo and making it <laughs> yeah i mean like that's that's the awesome thing about Kristaps is that once he gets going like it's gonna be i mean he's yeah. a franchise type guy that yeah the knicks gave <laughs> just gave up. um so mine's another true holiday and matt you had asked me last week on last podcast what Milwaukee needs to do to be successful. And my response was Eric Bledsoe <laughs> needs to not be on this roster. So here we go. So here we go. Drew Holiday to Milwaukee for Eric Bledsoe, DJ Wilson, Dante DiVincenzo, and probably a pick. Yeah. Maybe like a second round pick. I don't, I don't know how that works. I mean, if Milwaukee's picking 30th, basically a second round pick. Yeah. So like whatever, whatever you want to throw in there. Um, you have to throw in DJ Wilson, Dante DiVincenzo to make the salaries work. Yeah. Um, but imagine the lineup of <laughs> Drew Holiday, George Hill. Chris Middleton. Chris Middleton, Giannis, Brooke Lopez. That's just so stupid. stupid. <laughs> like, Yeah, they're running the East. Like, They're going to straight sweep everybody. Like, First of all, you, good luck scoring on the perimeter. <laughs> like, good luck getting away from anyone on the perimeter. Yeah. And then like scoring like this team still has that offensive fire like punch i think drew holiday would fit nicely in that lineup with alongside Giannis. there's a perspective from milwaukee is like Giannis, we went out and got someone for you yeah we let brogdon walk but because of injury issues we're going to get another guy who we feel really good about is he probably better yeah better can play make you don't have to do everything can shoot, can do everything that you would want, um, mm-hmm. and he's committed to winning championships, and he's in a win-now mode, and yeah. he's in that part of his career. And I, Eric Bozzo has been playing fine this year. He's been fine. Yeah. But this is more of a postseason move than anything else. Exactly. It feels more like Toronto going get Marcus All than anything, yeah. right? Um, because that really kind of put them that team over the top. And that's what this trade is. This takes a good, a really good, potentially great team to just a straight up great team. Yeah, it just does. Because let's be honest, DJ Wilson's probably not playing in the playoffs anyway. Right. Eric Bledsoe, when he plays in the playoffs, looks <laughs> might as like well not a be a college player out there. <laughs> and then Dante Vincenzo starting to come on a little this year. Yeah. Um, that kind of sweetens the deal then for um, the Pelicans is that you get Divincenzo. 
DJ but, Wilson, who's played well. Yeah, and but again, how much is Dante DiVincenzo really playing during the playoffs? Yeah. And it just kind of gets to the point, this is a playoff move. Yeah. And that's why Milwaukee should push for the trade. I don't know if New Orleans would, like, the value what they're getting isn't great. Like, you're getting a little less salary off the books quicker. Yeah. I don't know if that matters for New Orleans because I don't know, like, unless Zion comes out and is like, oh, my God, I got to play with Zion. I don't know, like, what free agents you're attracting. Yeah. Uh, but it could make you a little bit more flexible down the road yeah. for trades. But you do have Bledsoe moving forward for, like, yeah. a, a reasonable to, like, $15 million a year for, like, yeah. this year plus three more. Like, DiVincenzo, you got him a couple more years on a rookie deal. Um, like, it's DJ Wilson's, like, a useful, you know, bench piece. Like, there... There's, like, use in these guys, like, even as is. Even when Zion comes back, like, Eric Bledsoe is still the type of guard um, you'd want with Zion and Ingram. So, like, it's not a bad idea to, like, pair, make him the guy instead of Drew. And you could couple all their assets out of it. Again, pr- I, I don't know if they're doing the deal if it's not a first-round pick they're yeah. getting. But at the same time, like, if Drew's like, look, I've done my best with y'all. Just get me out of here. Then maybe you just do it and just move on and start start fresh with Ingram, Zion, and then whatever else you have. Yeah, and, and plus, like after this year, you're probably not bringing back Derek Favors if you're in New Orleans. No, probably not. And you get DJ Wilson as something. I don't know. You if already you, have Jackson Hayes, but if you want to just play him, like play yeah. him. Uh, kind of interesting. I, I I really want Drew Holiday on a playoff contender. I think that's really, the bottom line with both of these deals. Really want him on a play, playoff contender. Because he's the exact, you know, second or third guy on a championship team that really is like, that's why we have you on our team. He's going to have those moments in the playoffs. Yeah. Um, we'd love to see him in one. So my next deal, um, again, this is going from a really bad team to a much better situation here. Tristan Thompson, mm. Cleveland Cavaliers. Getting sent to Denver, um, securing that backup center spot there. Um, in exchange, the uh, Cavs will get Mason Plumley at about fourteen million dollars. Tristan's deal is eighteen and a half, so Plumley at fourteen, and then Juancho Hernan Gomez at like three and a half. A guy that I actually really like, um, Hernan Gomez, uh, but it's just hard to find him minutes with this team with Jeremy Grant and Porter um, Millsaps. Yeah, like those wing forward types, like those bigger guys that like they're kind of centers, kind of not, but they can have some perimeter skill. So Plumley, you go. Um, and that way Kevin Love can keep playing the four. Um, Hurting Gomez, you can just be the backup four in, yep. in Cleveland. Um, I don't really know anyone on their roster that would really like care. You know, like they have Larry Nance Jr. He's probably the backup center. And then you can be just a backup four. And that's fine. That's good. Um, they have only draft guards anyway in Cleveland. Um, <laughs> yeah, so, that's worked out real well for them. Yeah. So it's like probably give those guys a little more clarity on like what they are in the NBA and try and earn that like next contract um, for both of them. Go out there and just really actually get a chance um, for Cleveland. It kind of makes the roster fit a little more. Um, and then for Denver, obviously, is who this trade's more about is you're getting Tristan Thompson in this deal. And although Tristan Thompson definitely has his faults, he is also a really good rebounder. Mm. And I feel like Denver, that's something they could kind of sure up. I would like for them too. He's been on a championship team. Yep. He knows what it takes to win. He's had a down couple years, but this year's come back and like, I'm not doing this anymore. We are winning 
And even though he can only get Cleveland so far because it's Cleveland, <laughs> he's like, I'm going to go play really good basketball um, offensively and defensively. And just a dude who would be a great fit for this team because it's not like he needs to take a ton of shots. He can just be like that fifth guy on the floor who just cleans up everything and then all of a sudden gives you like six straight points off of lobs and just swings the momentum of the game. If mm. Tristan Thompson can just be like a rim protector, which is the opposite of Jokic, and <laughs> still get the rebounds, still get some lobs, you don't really have a lob threat on this team. Like It just adds a different dimension to this team coming off your bench that you don't have. It's not messing with your starting lineup, yep. which is you know the Millsap, Jokic, Harris, Barton, Murray, like five. You're not messing with that at all. But you're just kind of shoring up a Thompson, Grant, Porter Jr. front court, and then Beasley, Craig, Monte Morris in the backcourt. All of a sudden, you got 11 guys. You can figure out who's playing in the playoffs. Although Malone, I, who knows with with him, who he's going to throw <laughs> out there. Some nights in the regular season, it's seven guys. Sometimes it's 14 guys. Um, you can figure that out later, but you just know like whoever you throw out there is a good player. Yeah. And it, it's just the philosophy of we're going to have everyone who plays doesn't suck. And now, as specifically with Thompson, in the playoffs, none of these guys we're going to throw out there are going to suck. Because I don't know if Plumlee will not suck in the playoffs. So uh, this is shores up Denver and really says, like, we're going for it. All and, in. Yeah. And Denver, I mean, been, been crapped on this year. Jokic um, take, taking some shots um, this year from the, from the media, from fans. Deservedly so. Still 19-8 and eight, um, <laughs> this year. Currently listed as the three seed. Um, it's season ended today. Um, only a third of the way through the year. So... It takes a little pressure off Jokic. He doesn't play so many minutes. He can, you know, take some time get get in that conditioning, and uh, Denver can kind of catapult themselves right into that the middle of the LA top of the Western Conference with this deal. Yeah, I like it. Tristan Thompson. Never thought we would actually like say positive He's a things. Positive trade asset. Positive trade asset. Yeah, this time last year, that eighteen million dollars for him. It was him, so bad. I was like. It- I don't know. So bad. You'd have to attach a pick to get off of it. Now you're getting yeah. a couple guys just to, you know, maybe one of them sticks, one of them doesn't. That's fine. And a, uh, and a future protected first in this yeah. deal. So who knows what year, what the protections are, but just something. But if this works for Denver, that pick shouldn't be very high. Right. So, um, so mine's another, another around, another trade around another center. Uh, Steven Adams from my Oklahoma City Thunder. How sad, breaking up the the team. Would be headed to Atlanta for Alan Crabb because, good lord, his salary is so high. (laughs) 18 million for Uh, one more year. Damian Jones and a lottery protected first that would probably dissolve into two second round picks um, eventually. I would guess. I don't know. I'm just throwing something out there. Because the Hawks are still in the lottery. (laughs) Yeah, they're going to be for a minute. Um, uh, from Atlanta's perspective, this is why you do the deal. Um, currently, the only player who seems to care about playing defense on your team is John Collins, and he's suspended. <laughs> he's suspended, and you're giving up like 130 points every night. It feels like literally can't get stops, are. and like Stephen Adams could be the linchpin of a defense that is really good. Um, Gives really good screens for your smaller guard, Trey Young. Uh, can rebound the ball like crazy. Can 
Um, just do a couple offensive things, not a ton. You don't ask him to do a ton. He's out there for the defense, and I think this makes sense for Oklahoma City in terms of getting off salary a little bit sooner. Um, Alan Crabb's deal expires at the end of this year. Yeah. Um, and then Damian Jones is a youngish center that you could kind of think about keeping around. Nerlens Noel, you've had good experience with this year. Yeah. Um, back up, but when he started, he's been really good. So you feel confident about that and getting off Steven Adams, and then you can get maybe a pick or two out mm-hmm. of it. Um, I I like Steven Adams a lot. I just I don't know if Atlanta would be willing to take on that number for future salary cap flexibility. But that, who's come to Atlanta? That I mean, that's the other point. Is like Jabari Parker. <laughs> Like, who who are you getting? And I think, like, their center position right now is really weak. You got Alex Lynn, who's starting right now, which is not great. And then you have Damian Jones. I think that's really about it in terms of centers on the Atlanta roster. Um, Yeah, I mean, that's really it. And, hey, you got to get Trey Young that help. Yeah, and, uh, I mean, Trey Young's been putting up a – what feels like meaningless stat lines. Yeah, all year. Uh, all year. And I think Steven Adams is one of those names in the NBA now that, like, this would be a, a not an all-in move, but a step in the mo- uh, direction of, like, we're out of the rebuilding phase. Yeah, we're, we're transitioning out of that. Um, it probably would help, to, again, this year still to get one more top 10 pick um, for this team. Hopefully... You know the the reddish types, the the yeah. Kevin Herter types, like they they're able to get in, get some more game reps, and and elevate their games. But all of a sudden, Trey Young, John Collins comes back, Stephen Adams, couple wings that maybe do something. You shore up your bench with Parker and you know another draft pick or two, and all of a sudden you're like, okay, this this is what we thought the Hawks would hopefully be. Um, maybe just getting an adult in the room <laughs> helps this team a lot. Yeah, I mean that lineup, even that, um, like of Trey Young, uh, Cam Reddish, whatever you want to throw in at the three, and then John Collins and Steve Adams. Like that's a pretty good lineup yeah. that you feel pretty confident about. Uh, like defensively, it's a step in the right direction. Not great, but still, like you have a. John Collins and Steven Adams. John Collins wouldn't have to do everything on defense, yeah, uh, which would be a big help. Um, and Steven Adams has been pretty good about staying out of foul trouble in his career, even though yeah. he plays super aggressively. Um, I think that's a huge plus that you probably get a lot of minutes out of him. Mm-hmm. And like he plays through injuries because he's talked about playing through injuries before, so it's not like he's going to be off the floor a lot. Yeah. Uh, so you're going to be paying him a lot, but you also... You you feel like like the values at least reasonably there, whereas yeah. like Alan Krebs just not there. Right, he's dude's like a four million dollar player, but if he works in Oklahoma City, like you could probably re-sign him for like a three for fifteen deal, minimum like, something. Yeah, just like it. something that's like not expensive, just a bench piece, but a nice shooting complement to a team that just can't shoot. Yeah, so and like could kind of make sense both ways, um, especially if OKC's like still weirdly in the playoffs. Um, situation quietly, they've been kind of good this year. Like, they're like 500. <laughs> like, CB3 is actually trying, and it's weird. Yeah, like, I, know, I wasn't right? expecting that. 
And then Shay just doing ridiculous things too. He's he's a lot of fun. Go Gallo, I don't. That was what another Thunder player I was looking at for a trade, and like he's making a lot more than I thought it's he like was. Like twenty two or something. Yeah, it's twenty two. So it's like yeah, again you got to find the salaries to make that match and everything. <laughs> but like same time in this theoretical deal, if you play Paul uh, SGA and then like I don't know Ferguson or something. Um, Gallo and Noel, that's like it. That's fine. And then a backup group of Crab, Schroeder. Uh, there's not a lot of defense there, but okay. Diallo, and then um, just whatever else you can kind of mix and match. Damian Jones and stuff. Lou like, Dort. Yeah. Hey, <laughs> Lou Dort's not a bad basketball player. He's uh, not. He's fun. Uh, They've been running a lot of those three guard lineups too with Schroeder. Uh, CP3 and SGA because Shea can guard threes and that it's like torn people apart. Yeah, it's crazy. So like I mean like it kind of works. It's weird. It's funky, but it kind of works. Um, and that's cool. You just get a bunch of winners, a bunch of adults in the room, and just like just play basketball. There's just something about that. Crazy, crazy question. Side way off track. Is Billy Donovan actually a good coach? Yes or no? That's all you have to give. Sure. Whoa. <laughs> um, and yeah, uh, is that an, an endorsement of Billy Donovan or is that an indictment of Russell Westbrook? Ooh. So next Kevin trade. O'Connor. Next trade. Um, burn down Philly. Matt, burn down Houston. <laughs> uh, so I have a uh, an Easter conference trade um, uh, going back. Uh, so Aaron Gordon. I've never really been an Aaron Gordon guy. But the contract he's on is fine. Um, going to Brooklyn. Mm. So, in exchange, the Nets would have to send back Spencer Dinwiddie. But the way he's been playing without Kyrie, I don't know if this deal would happen. Trade Kyrie. No, um, <laughs> but Dinwiddie, Garrett Temple, and a like lightly protected first. Just like a top 10 protected. Yeah. But like it would convey. Um so in this deal, the idea of it is Orlando, you have Fultz, and he's like fine. Mm. He looks like a guy not, in his second year, really. Not a first overall pick. No, but like a rookie still finding his yeah. way. Um, but doing a decent job He's of actually it. playing NBA minutes. Minutes, and like not looking bad out there. Yeah. Um, figuring out his game. Okay, so you have that. That's a building block. You paid Vucevic, so there's your center for the next four years. And you have Jonathan Isaac, who is really should be a four, but you play him and Aaron Gordon at like the three and four, just call them both forwards, even though they're both fours. So you have three guys that you're trying to build around right now. And that's great. So you need role guys who are still good, though, because a couple of them are still developing, um, Isaac and Fultz. Spencer Dinwiddie, Dinwiddie, is the epitome of a role guy who's still actually really good. Yeah. And he's only getting um, paid like $10 million a year. He signed an extension, and it's like just a perfectly reasonable contract. Like, it's just, it's way less than he deserves, but it's just, you know, guaranteed money. So he took the deal. He would be a fantastic fit next to Holtz because he can play on ball, he can play off ball. It doesn't matter. You can still start Fournier, who's been hot this year. Mm-hmm. Um, and all of a sudden, it's like, Orlando's like, oh, you can play offense now. Playing playing Dinwiddie and uh, Fournier out there. And then you still have, like, the potential, the young guys, and then your, you know, franchise guy in Vucevic. 
you still have a bench with with Ross and and uh, Augustine, your your playoff god. So <laughs> it's like you still have some things. You still have Mo Bamba, um, Kim Birch. You still have pieces there in this deal. So yeah, you're giving up Aaron Gordon. You're giving up on him finally. But it's not like you don't have anything still. And if anything, Dinwiddie kind of fits better with where this team's going. Yeah, I like this because one, it gets Spencer Dinwiddie out of what must be a nightmare of a chemistry. Kyrie's quote unquote shadow. Yeah, <laughs> sure. Let's call it that. <laughs> yeah, the the lights of the Barclay Center shining down on Kyrie from the bench because he's hurt. Um, <laughs> that shadow. Uh, and like it gives Brooklyn another piece, like another guy mm-hmm. in Aaron Gordon, who theoretically could play next to Kevin Durant. Fine. I was saying this idea for Brooklyn is they're going to be a good enough team yeah. to still make the playoffs this year. And once Kyrie comes back, he'll be good enough to get the team to the playoffs. Cause it's the East. Yep. Let's just be honest. Like the seven eight it does it's crap. So this team will still make the playoffs no matter what. You'll get bounced in the first round. Depending on who you play, you might be able to make it a five or six game series, but you'll get bounced, and that's fine because you can just say Kevin's hurt. No one will be mad. So you have Kyrie going forward, Kevin Durant going forward, Karis LeVert going forward, Aaron Gordon, and then Jared Allen slash DeAndre Jordan. (laughs) Whoever. Let's just for real say um, Jared Allen because he's the actually good basketball player, but that's a very cool starting five. Yeah, like, I mean, you feel really good. I mean, that's you catapult Philadelphia. I think with that lineup, moving past this year, yeah, like you're at least on the same playing field as them. Yeah, like that. That's a lineup that would give Boston problems, Miami problems, Philly problems, Milwaukee. There's still probably a touch under them, um, depending on Giannis and any potential moves they make. Um, I think the Drew Holiday trade would still keep Milwaukee above, but if they didn't do that and they just kind of kept what they had. All of a sudden, they're all kind of back on that same tier to me. Um, so this is one that Aaron Gordon being forced to play the three in Orlando and work on the outside shot then helps go be a stretch guy, stretch four, which is really what his position should be mm. um, for Brooklyn. But he he wouldn't have to do too much because there's Kyrie and Karras and Kevin Durant. Yeah. yeah. They can handle the scoring load. They just be like, dude, just play great defense. Hit threes when you're open and go yam on dudes. And he can do that. That's like the perfect role for Aaron Gordon. And I think Kenny Atkinson will get him to consistently play defense and just do the right things. It's a change of scenery, gets you out of Orlando, helps Orlando's situation, helps Brooklyn's situation. To me, this is just like a win-win deal. So I predicted a trade last year for Orlando. It was full, I think it was like Fultz for Vucevic, essentially, mm-hmm. when Vucevic was not on extension. That deal didn't happen, but... Fultz landing in Orlando. Yeah. I feel like this is like the same type of deal. Like it's kind of one of those like no brainers that just do the deal. Like just, it's just good for everybody. It seems like a win win, and I don't. Uh, it's gonna be interesting to see if we see Aaron Gordon in the Brooklyn yeah. Nets uniform. Uh, I think it'd be really cool. It would be fun. My next one is uh, a team that has a history of doing dumb things, <laughs> and uh, this would just be peak Phoenix. <laughs> and that's tra- going to trade for Andre Iguodala. Because they feel Cause like... you're they, good this year. Because they have to make the playoffs. And so... They're not out of it. They're not out of it, but they're playing like they're trying to be out of it. <laughs> uh, so this... Uh, it, it's essentially Andre Iguodala to Phoenix for Tyler Johnson and pick. A protected pick. Because mm. uh, I... 
imagine Memphis would want to pick. Yeah. Um, that's the whole point of keeping him. That's the whole point of keeping him. And this feels like the move they did last year with Trevor Ariza paying him $15 million to then trade him to Washington. Yeah. Um, this feels like a, like let's push for the playoffs and let's try to get in and, and do some damage. Um, Tyler Johnson, whatever. Like he's not going to like, you've got a million one wings yeah. on your bench. You can find someone else to play and Andre Godala is probably going to eat up most of those minutes anyway. Yeah. Let's Devin Booker play the one a little more. Um, yeah. if Rubio is not in. Right. So. Um, and like defensively, it just helps this team a ton because yeah. playing Andre Iguodala next to Booker, big help, big big yes. help. Um, this team gave up like a hundred and something points to the Thunder the other night, and I don't think it's there's like a almost one hundred and thirty. <laughs> like I don't think there's a hundred and something points to be had on that Thunder team. So yeah, um, definitely like, need some defensive help if you're making the playoffs. Yeah. I could, I could definitely see Phoenix like being able to talk themselves into this. Yeah, but like and. On some level, like it, it almost kind of does make sense. Like it, it does. I mean, kind of. But Ruby, then when you Rubio, stop- Booker, Ubre, and then you could keep this Saric, and when he comes back, Aiton lineup, and then so you don't have to run Iguodala into the ground, right? <clears throat> but then still play Iguodala is kind of the first guy off the bench. You can play Six the three, man. three or the four, um, and then yeah, you can kind of make up for the defensive lapses of Ubre and and Booker, but. Rubio's a decent defender, and Aiton, like, you have Baines to come in, so, like, there's another good defender. Like, you kind of have guys that can do a little bit of everything for you. Like, the the team idea makes sense. I don't know if it's ready to be a playoff team yet in the West, but, like, the idea makes sense. Yeah, I mean, like, I, I, I would hate for Phoenix to give up a pick, though, in this, because, like, you're only getting him for the season. So if you don't make the playoffs... What are you talking about? They're resigning him. <laughs> true, true. Uh, you're essentially giving up Tyler Johnson and a pick for nothing, and like I, that's just bad business. Yeah, if you don't make the playoffs and it was truly all for nothing, you don't feel bad about losing Tyler Johnson. But like the pick, depending on where it falls, if you don't make the playoffs and it's a lottery lottery pick, right. it could be twelve, but it's a lottery pick yeah. still. And to be honest, Phoenix is not in a position of saying like, oh, we can just give away a lottery pick. Right, you're not there yet. So, I get why um, that that would be a definite concern. But at the same time, I think this deal, if it does happen, there's going to be a very specific timing yeah. behind it, which is like Phoenix like is getting close to the February trade deadline. They're like, you know, we're still kind of in this. And then they do the deal. Yeah. Let's make a move. And they can't screw this one up because there's no like double brooks in the deal either. I was just going to ask you, I noticed that you picked Phoenix and Memphis I, and that you didn't include a Dylan or Marshawn Brooks. Maybe I should have just thrown them in as for like salary filler. That'd be funny. Um, anyways, what's your next trade? Cause like I'm done talking about yeah. Phoenix and their shenanigans. Uh, my last one here is, Again, this is just an NBA is wild trade. So let's just see if it'll happen. Um, this is desperation upon desperation. <laughs> uh, a little sentimental, too, here. DeMar DeRozan mm. going to the Detroit Pistons, being reunited with Dwayne Casey. 
Um, Coach of the year, Dwayne Casey. There you go. Um, In exchange, the San Antonio Spurs will be getting back Reggie Jackson, um, Langston Galloway, and a uh, 2020 lightly protected first. So the idea of this trade is that DeMar DeRozan at like 27 and a half, he can opt out next year. San Antonio, like, you can't keep doing this L.A. um, DeRozan thing. You just can't keep doing this. Um, For the love of God, please stop it. Stop Um, with the mid-rangers, please. uh, But for Detroit, again, they want to make the playoffs. Again, the bottom of the East, it's still so wide open. Even though they've been bad this year, they can do it. Blake Griffin's had a miss sometime, but if you can get DeMar in there with a coach that he already knows and really likes, really enjoyed playing for Dwayne Casey, you pair him with Blake Griffin, you pair him with Andre Drummond, and you'd be like, look, do, do not opt out. Just you know, keep the deal, and then him and Drummond would be coming off the books at the same time. So they got all kinds of cap space then. Like, just play through it, and let's just see if over the next two years, if we can kind of get something happening here. We had Derek Rose signed for the next two years. Um, we have Kennard for a couple more years. We'll give um, Demboye their first-round pick this year some more time to develop. We'll you know, potentially have another pick this year um, if it doesn't convey to San Antonio. Like, look, we kind of have something here. Getting off Reggie Jackson. Yeah, there you go. You don't have to play with Reggie Jackson if you come here. Um, that could be a selling point. It's like, <laughs> there, there are, like, things here. Detroit's bench is still bad. But yeah. Like, you'd be like, look, we have a team here yeah. that, like, is reasonably competent. And, yes, he doesn't help the spacing of this team, which is already bad. But it's not like Reggie Jackson, Langston Galloway were that much better at spacing the floor either. Reggie Jackson's essentially a minus for your team. So, anyway, so it's already a plus for Detroit getting rid of him. Addition by subtraction. So like if you're Detroit, this is, you're right, this is a desperation move. If you can just get DeMar to come back for next year, you can basically say, like, look, we got two years. Yep. Let's make as many playoff pushes as we can, as much competitive basketball as we can over the next two years. And if it just goes to crap still, because it's already going to crap, if it still goes to crap in two years, it's kind of like a San Antonio situation that's happening now is fine. We got a couple young guys. We can make cap space and we can just kind of start this thing over. Cause Blake would be in, uh, having one more year on his deal and you could trade him at that point. That's fine. You can get off of that. Drummond's gone. If you want him to be gone, you don't resign him. Yep. Mark can be gone. If you don't want him, Tony Snell is finally coming off the books. Derek Rhodes comes off the books. Canard, you can resign him or not. Like, uh, Morris comes off the books like all of a sudden you just got cap space to do with whatever Detroit does with cap space sign I feel like it's they're warming up to do at the next step and just sign as many power forwards as possible you know probably but at <laughs> least for the next two years you can give your fans the idea of hope Griffin Drummond DeRozan there's something here and that's more than Detroit's had in a while yeah so like there there's something there for Detroit but then for the San Antonio side of this and they are going to take on, yeah, Reggie Jackson. But I, I feel like Popovich like, isn't totally against that. Because he's the type of guy he likes. Yeah. Uh, they, they just have so many guards. They like, do. That's the thing. I know they do. But if Popovich had it his way, he'd play four-point guards. So <laughs> what's this hurting? Reggie Jackson's a bigger guard. Yeah. Right? He's got like a seven-foot wingspan. Even, even though... Uh, Same Presky kind of guy. Yeah. Um even though he's not great, like he can, if he, he's locked in, he can guard threes. So that's out there. Galloway 
um, is a 2-3 mm. who has some ball handling ability. So to me, in this idea, like you still have Aldridge, you still have uh, Rudy Gay, you still have Jakob Pertl. That can still be your front court. And then Mill or uh, yeah, Mills can come off the bench. You can still start Murray, White, Forbes, whatever you want there. Jackson's fine. Galloway's fine. And just kind of say, like, you know what? We're, we're just going to go get a top 10 pick this year. We're just going to get it. And we're probably going to get Detroit's pick this year, too. So if you can get, like, the, a number six overall pick and a number, like, 15 overall pick, like, that's useful for San Antonio building going forward. You don't have to deal with the, is DeMar coming back or not next year? Mm-hmm. And then if you want to kind of sell off some pieces more, you could, or you could just say like, look, we got guys coming off the books. We're just kind of going young and building for the next couple of years. And this deal allows you to do that because Jackson's gone after this year. Galloway's gone after this year. Um, Forbes would be gone. Um, Bellinelli would be gone. Like Patty, I think Patty's on his last year too. Yeah. So Again, you could kind of start over. Here's the young guys. Here's the youth movement moving forward, but still have like Aldridge and Gay if you wanted um, to give a little bit of veteran help. So, like to me, it would make sense. I just don't know if the Spurs will buy into this or yeah. not. And I think that's the ultimate thing is I don't know if the Spurs would make this deal really because they still think they're good, even though they're not. Uh, yeah, so that's right. just kind of where like I don't think it'll happen, but like. Uh, NBA crazier things have happened. Desperation moves happen. If for some reason Detroit threw in another pick, I could see San Antonio be like, "All right, fine." But Detroit would hopefully be smart enough not to do that. But it's Detroit, so like anything can happen, <laughs> right? Uh, so my last one, we kind of came up with this one together. Um, it's kind of crazy. It's kind of in the same vein of it's the NBA. Anything can happen. If Detroit's crazy enough to do that first deal, this next team is definitely crazy enough to do this one. So it involves D'Angelo Russell from the San Francisco Golden State Warriors, however you want to phrase that, and Glenn Robinson III to Chicago Woo! for your boy Zach Levine <laughs> and boy. Chris Dunn, and maybe a pick included. Probably a pick included. Yeah. Um, it gives Chicago like an actual point guard and an actual like person to like you know play some defense. Maybe Zach Levine. Okay, maybe. Uh, awesome <laughs> offensive score. Yes. Um, that and that's really the whole point here is like Chicago just goes all in on offense and just kind of does the like I don't know. What is it? The uh, Washington, who's like number one yeah. overall in offense, or second overall in offense, top five in offense, this which year. is ridiculous. Which is stupid, but they're also thirtieth in defense, so that's why they're eight and twenty. Um, <clears throat> for the Warriors, this gives them some money, um, like some yeah. cap cap like space relief, cap relief. Thank you. That's the word I was thinking of, trying to think of. Uh, Zach Levine. Um, can play like next to Steph, Clay, yeah. Draymond. Whenever the, he gets back, they get back. Um, and it, like he has a very specific role on that team. Like he mm-hmm. doesn't have to be the playmaker. Yeah, end all be all for that. Chris Dunn, like Chicago, I think is 
well well done with Chris Dunn at this point. Just like over Chris Dunn. Like yes. whatever whatever you want you hope for Chris Dunn, like has clearly not happened. So time to move on for him. And from the Warriors, like is D'Angelo Russell really ever gonna be able to play next to Steph Curry and Clay and Probably not. Draymond. Probably not. And for eight million dollars less per year, Zach Levine, again the cap relief of it all is probably useful. Um, and there's still like the size and the potential of Zach Levine, like getting him to like try on defense or at least being big enough to be in the way. Well, like that's the thing is like, if you're playing with Draymond, like you don't have to be that stellar of a defender. You just have to be like competent enough, be in the right spots. And again, with clay, like you're not going to be guarding the best like perimeter person either. You just be guarding like the second best. So like, yeah, naturally your defense would get better right yeah. i mean i guess for yeah if you only have to be the third best defender on your team um so yeah i get that and then he i mean as much as d'angelo russell can score zach Levine is like if he's not on the same tier he's like just a half step behind yeah like he can score 30 in a minute if you let him so like i get the idea of this the bulls d'angelo russell's more high profile has more connections across the league. Yeah. Can, Could recruit uh, guys. Can recruit guys like Anthony Davis, who you're not <laughs> getting, but you, you can recruit you, him. You can recruit him. Um, he's locked up long-term, so you kind of have a guy yep. in Chicago. Build around. Yeah. So, like, this, this is a... It's the move now, but it's for long-term purposes for both of these teams. Um, and it makes sense, like, for both teams to at least look into this deal and... Two similar guys, Russell and Levine, with their careers. Yeah. Um, Russell, a little more postseason success because he's been on better teams, but I don't know if it's necessarily because of Russell that they made the playoffs. Um, but he's, he's done stuff there. So I, I get the deal. I get why Golden State might want a little more than this for D'Angelo Russell. Um, at the same time, though, I think you could talk Chicago into giving you more, like in terms of draft yeah. assets. Yeah. It may I, not be a player they already have, but draft assets. Like two picks yeah. instead of one. Um, yeah, because the, did the Warriors get a pick back in that deal for the Kevin Durant? Um, Let me look real quick for the Warriors. That sign, weird little sign-in trade. Yeah, um, I don't... Where was it just like straight up? Um, They had to send a pick. Oh, the Warriors. Um, it's top 20 protected. The Warriors had to send a pick? pick. But it's top 20 protected, and so it won't come back. What the heck? Um, what kind of. Yeah. Well, it's because Kevin, well, Kevin, Kevin Durant wasn't playing this year, and they knew it. Um, I mean, like, I guess. And I think like, they knew they were going to be bad. So, um, anyway, uh, it's going to convey to a 2025 second round pick. Whatever. So, yeah, who cares? You overspend on. Uh, who's that guy? Alan Smilajic. Smilajic, yeah. Yikes. Interesting draft decisions. Anyways, I've been tinkering with the trade machine quite a bit, and it's mm -hmm. like it's a lot of fun. It is. Well, it's like now that like some of these deals like it's actually possible to do them, and teams you can start seeing some desperation. Thirty games in, um, you start to see like what these guys really are this year, or how they fit with their teams, or don't fit in a lot of these cases. Out of all these deals what's the one that you like really really want to see and what's the one that you like would think is actually possible the one i want to see is drew holiday 
to Dallas or Milwaukee. Yeah. That's the one I want to see the most. The realistic one, I would say, is probably um, my Tristan Thompson deal. Yeah. Like, that's the one I think would actually happen. Because it's, like, an important player, but not, like, a franchise important player. Or a guy franchise is, like, leached onto. Essentially swapping, like, bad salaries. Or a bad salary for... Reasonable for reasonable. Helps both teams. Yeah. There's a pick involved for the bad team, so they can think they have hope going forward. <laughs> yeah, that's the NBA, yeah. right? That's how trades work. Sure. Okay, so our last topic of the day: Christmas Day games. We're gonna predict. We haven't done this in a minute. Yep. Uh, let's start with the Celtics at Raptors at so, 11 a.m. Yep. Um, East Christmas. Coast, so early, early game. Uh, I got the Celtics 115 to 102. Not necessarily gonna be as easy as I think Celtics fans would like, me included. Even though Toronto's um, depleted with injuries, they're still a good team. Still going to be feisty. Fred Van Fleet's going to score like 40 on us or something stupid like that. So 115-102 Boston. I got a 110-105 score for the Celtics. Yeah. Uh, that doesn't make me feel good. It just like it feels like it's going to be a grit and grind type of yeah. game. Uh, but I hope to see one of Jason Tatum or Jalen Brown really like, step both? on the throat. Uh, yeah, I hope so too. Second game, Bucks at 76ers at 1.30 in the afternoon. Who you got? I got the Bucks 120 to 101. Oof, man, just crushing Philadelphia on this pod. Listen, if Dallas without Luka can score 117 points on you, what is Milwaukee with a really good offense going to do? That's a good point. Um, that's a really good point. Uh, I said Philly, they're coming off a couple days of rest going into this game. Um, and hopefully pissed off since they've lost like three straight at this point. Um, but I still got the Bucks 108-99. Closer game, defensive game. Yeah, I Maybe got, not the I got Giannis just ending one of Ben Simmons or Joel Embiid. If Giannis dunks game. on Ben Simmons, NBA Twitter is going to just <laughs> go bonkers. That's the next meme. That's it. That That's 100% it. Uh, third game of the day. This is not what the league hopes it would be. This is nap time. This is what I call nap time. <laughs> Go take a siesta. Um, <laughs> Rockets at Warriors, uh, 4 p.m. Central Time. I got the Rockets 124 to 105. Yeah, and got, it's not going to feel like a 19-point game. It's going to feel like a 30-point game. Yeah, I got the Rockets, if I could spell on our dock. I got the Rockets 118 to 99. Side note, your spelling's been atrocious on this dock. Has it? I, I, I'm just you, been you've so typed, disengaged. You, you've typed like Milwaukee and a couple things like that. Nice. It's been funny um, to read. Um, but yeah, Rockets <laughs> by like 20. It's going to feel like a 30-point game. The Warriors may make it close. Eric Paschal pads some stats at the end. Um, then you wake back up from your siesta for Clippers at Lakers. Yeah. 7 p.m. Central Time. What do you got there? I got the Lakers 106 to 101. I'm going the opposite way. This is this is the game of the day. This is this, it. This is what the the, yeah. the league was hoping for here. Um, I'm I'm gonna go Clippers 112 107. I the Kawhi PG pairing's just been working out when they've played together. So as long as they both play, when when that when that like defensive lineup they have decides to, to like play defense, there's they people just don't score no. for like minutes on end. I think it's really cool. Um, I think I'm going to reward the defense, so I'm going to go Clippers here. Um, last one. Again, not what the league was hoping it would be here. Um, Pelicans at Nuggets at uh, 9.30 p.m., so late game. So if you're not looking to stay up to watch it, again, go to bed. Record it. Um, 
I got Nuggets 119-106. I got the Nuggets 123-104. I, I just don't see the Pelicans having enough firepower to keep up no. with the Nuggets. Part of me is almost like, should I pick a higher score? Just because the Pelicans don't play defense at all, and the Nuggets <laughs> will just score as much as you let them. Yeah. But I feel like the Nuggets are starting to play some defense and are starting to kind of turn the corner. So, like, they'll win the game easily, but... Uh, yeah, not really a fun game. Now, as a whole slate, not quite the league would hope, but injuries happen, stuff happens. The, Can't mean, get around it. So two, a couple good games. Two games there, Bucks at 76ers and Clippers at Lakers. I just want to see Giannis do not nice things to the 76ers. Yeah. Because that's, I mean, that would just break NBA Twitter. I'm here for it. That's it. That's uh, the end of episode 58. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, we... We'll probably have a little hiatus uh, for Christmas, but we will be back in episode 59. Thank you so much for listening to us. Uh, We will see you back in the next episode. Merry Christmas. Merry Chrysler. Yeah.